Thank you for listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Please don't turn that dial. The following audio drama is rated PG 13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. You have reached the voicemail of Elizabeth Shaw, Research Coordinator at the Raish Institute. Please leave your name and number at the beep. Thank you. Elizabeth, it's Harry. I could use your technical assistance on this. I've got a dead warlock, or enchanted, with some funky-ass trapping art on the buttons of his jacket. I sent them over to your phone. I need to know what the one that looks like the W represents. His daughter has just gone 404 on me and his brother is MIA. I'm guessing they're both witches as well. Actually, I I know the sister is. Also, look up the name Macalair. I need to know if it has any meaning. Alright, that's it. Oh, watch out. Apparently there's a giant cat wandering around nightfalls and eating people. It's the last night of the full moon tonight, and trust me, all sorts of crazies wander the streets of nightfalls on a night like this. Well, call me. Magic and magical people. The unnatural order is all around us. There are white witches, black witches, demons, vamps, werewolves, shapeshifters, ghosts. It's a protoplasmic party of creature features out there. But unless you know where to look, you won't find them. I know where to look. My name is Harry Strange. How is it that 24 hours have passed and you still haven't found Gene or Michael McAlary? McAlary, whatever his damn name is. We have everyone out looking for them. How the hell did you lose Gina? She was right there in front of the police and EMTs. Harry Strange was there. He was being a dist- Strange? Strange? Why was he there? You sent him to us, sir. That's right, I did. Are you questioning my decisions, Detective Worley? No, sir. I wasn't. I was simply saying that- Good morning, officers. I bring gifts. For the lovely and talented Detective Amanda Summers, one beautiful copper bracelet, inscribed by a friend of mine who also happens to be a talented witch hunter. Wear it well. It may save your life. Strange, what are- Not so fast, Lieutenant Johnson. I'll get to you in a second. For the moderately talented and barely legal Detective Timothy Worley, a junior-sized copper bracelet. Inscribed by my friend... Well, you heard what I said. Wear it well. Why would I wear this? Strange, you better have an explanation. I do. But first, for the rest of the squad room, I have... Donuts? No, of course not. How trite. Bagels! Bagels for everyone. Bon appetit. Since when did you become Santa Strange? I haven't. The bagels are a peace offering. The bracelets are to keep one of Nightfall's finest and her plucky boy sidekick... I'm not a sidekick. ...safe. And how will Copper keep them safe? They already have Kevlar. Kevlar is an excellent tool. Lots of gun-toting crazies out there these days. This time, however, well, let's say it's more of a metaphysical problem. Metaphysical problems, huh? Harry seems to think that the Macalares are witches. Witches? Maybe we should talk in your office. 30 seconds, Strange. Spill it. I laid it out for the lieutenant, much like the message I left for Elizabeth. So, if nothing else convinces you, the part where she makes the blue smoke surround us should be a strong piece of evidence. What do you two think? I think we should lock Strange up for obstruction of justice. I know your type, Strange. You make up crises so you can save the day. You have me confused with politicians. I don't want to save the day. I couldn't care less if the entire globe went up in flames. I think we're due for a good global cleansing anyway. But if I'm asked to help and I accept, then I see it through to the end. That's what makes a man a man. I don't expect you to understand, Timmy. At least not until you start shaving. 
That's it. I've had it with you. You should probably wait until your nuts drop before you try to stand up to me. Now, get out of my face. Enough. Detective Worley, sit. Summers, what do you think? I think Harry is a menace. He is reckless, thoughtless, and possibly psychotic. You do see me standing here, right? But the last time I worked with Strange, I saw things I can't explain. Things that had no logical or rational explanation for existing at all. And yet this malcontent not only knew they would be there, but how to kill them. Unlike my partner, with whose opinions I usually agree, I gotta trust Harry this time. Point match, Timmy. You're a danger, and you're gonna get someone killed. Detective Summers, I'll be in the squad room if you need me. And after I got him such a nice bracelet. Kids these days, right, Lieutenant? Harry, you were the biggest ass I know. If there's nothing else, Lieutenant... Summers, wait. Strange as an ass, and all those other things you said. I'll be billing a little extra for all this love. He's also very good at closing those special cases. The cases that never seem to make it to the DA. I think the three of us know more goes on in Night Falls than anyone outside of this office understands. Hell, I don't understand most of it. Summers, do you know why I asked Strange in on this case? Because I pissed you off in a previous life? Because Joe the Butcher asked me to. He had a premonition he was going to die? No, I, um... He spoke to me in a dream. I'm sorry, sir. What did you say? He came to me in a dream, okay? Don't look at me like that, Summers. I know how it sounds. That is an extraordinary claim, sir. Seriously, Amanda? Like you've never dreamt about the guy who bakes your brisket? Can I taser him, sir? Just once. It was the night before he died. In the dream, Joe said to me if anything happened to him, I should call Strange because he would know what to do. I thought it was all bull patties until I heard the call go out over the dispatch. I was already at the Jaguar scene, or I would have handled it myself. I don't believe it. I do. What else happened in the dream? How did Joe sound? What was he wearing? That's the funny thing. He was wearing a robe, like, you know, the priests wear. First I thought it was a butcher's smock, but it was black, not white. Was it a robe or a cassock? A cassock is what the Catholic... I know what a cassock is, Strange. It was... Well, now that I think about it, it was a cassock. Oh, that's not good. Why not? If it were just a robe or toga, it would mean that Joe the Butcher was a garden-variety reincarnated pagan. Not easy to kill, but nothing more than a couple of spells, some incense, and my dagger of Yago. Since he was in a cassock, that means he was a holy man back in the day. Someone to worship and fear. A very powerful warlock. But he's already dead. Oh my. Exactly. What? If Joe was that powerful, how much more powerful would the warlock who killed him have to be? Or the witch. What witch? Gina McAlair, she of the blue smoke. Did you listen to anything I said? Anyway, she's a witch. And all things being equal, a warlock and witch may be of equal skill, but the witch, the woman, always has the edge. Why is that? I don't know. Something about the whole childbearing thing gives them extra power. I'm not really sure. Does it matter? I don't need to know why a witch is more powerful than a warlock in order to kill her. We represent the law, Strange, not some Wild West pioneer justice. I don't expect you to kill one of our citizens because she may be a witch. Well, first off, she is a witch. And secondly, these things rarely end any other way. Rarely, huh? Sure, Harry. Well, I do know this much. We're gonna need bigger bracelets. What about the women in the freezer? How do they fit into this? Amanda and I exchanged glances. It looks as if someone was going to use their flesh for something ritualistic. I was glad Amanda didn't mention we found the flesh from one of the dead girls wrapped around Joe's leg. That would have required too much explanation. The women were strippers from three different clubs around town. They all had priors for prostitution and drugs. Did anyone file a missing persons on them? Nope. 
Tim went to one of the club owners and showed a picture. The manager said she may have worked for him, but he couldn't be sure. How's that possible? We're not talking gentlemen's clubs. These are dives with a 4x4 stage and a jukebox. Still, though, Tim thought it was strange that a manager wouldn't recognize one of his dancers. Maybe someone paid him to forget her. Or someone slapped some mojo on him to help him forget. There's some very dark magic going on here. <sighs> Just get this resolved quickly and quietly. That means no killing Strange, got it? No promises. Amanda, you're in charge of Strange. Make sure that he doesn't do anything that he normally does. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the challenge. Where's Tim? Did you look on the teeter-totters? What is your problem with him? I don't think he's right. That's funny coming from you. I don't mean right in the head. I mean he's not right for this job. And he isn't right for you. He could be your younger brother. I don't recall asking your opinion about my life, Strange. And obviously, the Night Falls Police Department brass disagrees with your assessment of Tim's rightness for the job. He is the youngest officer ever promoted to the detective squad in Night Falls history. Whatever. Hang on. I got voicemail from Tim. Son of a bitch. Tim got a call from Michael McAleer, Gina's brother, and went out to meet him. Or, as Tim put it, to do some real police work. I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, me too. I'm going to send some black and whites to the address, and then you and I are going after him. I stood at the address Michael McAleer gave me. It was a wooden shack, slightly back from the railroad tracks. A strange place for the son of a successful businessman to be hiding. If he were hiding out. I put my hand on my gun. McAleer sounded terrified when he called, but I didn't want to be found behind the house with my gun still in its holster. A safe cop is a living cop. Mr. McAleer, Mr. Michael McAleer, this is Detective Worley from the Night Falls Police Department. The door slowly opened. A stocky man about six feet tall stood there. His face was scarred and he needed a shave. I'm Michael McAleer. I called you. Can you point that gun somewhere else? I frisked him and followed him into the house. From the front living room, I could see straight to the back door. It was an old-time shotgun shack. The floor was filthy. A bedroll lay in the front room. Coffee, detective? No. This is really a courtesy visit. I would like you to come with me to answer some questions. Can't we just do it here? My sister has eyes everywhere. Why are you frightened by her? If you don't mind me saying, you're a big guy. She's tiny. What could she possibly do to you? We walked through the second room and into the kitchen. We were at the back of the house. From the window, I could see the rail yard. Wow. Does that happen all the time? So often I hardly notice it anymore. It was bad at night, but we can adapt to almost anything, right? I suppose so. When was the last time you saw Gina? Not since... since the night before Pop died. I know how this is going to sound, but you have to believe me. Gina is... special. She always has been. All the women in my family have been. I don't know what special means. I can't believe I let you drive. We didn't have time to transfer my supplies to your car. What supplies? Whatever we're going to need to stop Gina. Why are you so sure it's Gina? Two words. Blue smoke. 
Why do I have to keep repeating this? Turn here. The railroad yard is just up the street. Watch out! My God! What is that? I can't see the top of it! Why doesn't anyone ever listen to me? That doesn't prove anything! Four pillars of swirling blue smoke, and you don't think it proves anything? Come on! Officer, what happened here? Well, we, we turned the corner and these smoke things just appeared. They're like tornadoes, but the wind is internally localized. It's not affecting anything out here. Was anyone hurt? Did anyone try to go through them? No, ma'am, but it looks like your partner's about to try. My partner isn't here. Wait. Harry? Harry! Get away from there. Officer, set up a perimeter 200 feet back. No one gets close. And then get back here. Yes, ma'am. Where do you think you're going? To the other side of the smoke, obviously. Do you see how fast that smoke is spinning? If you step in there, you may wake up in Oz, if you wake up at all. There's a reason why I gave you a copper bracelet. A witch can't affect us if we're wearing it. This... the pillar of smoke is part of Gina. We can step through it as safely as walking through a door. Let's say I accept that. What happens if the wind in that pillar of smoke picks up a... oh, I don't know, a late model pickup truck? And then said pickup truck slams into a raincoat-wearing smartass... Will the copper bracelet protect him from that? Is he ruggedly handsome? Would the pickup truck care? Good question. Okay, then. Guess I'd better make sure I duck if any pickup trucks come flying at me. What? No! Your partner just stepped into the smoke pillar, ma'am! I can see that, officer. I'm not coming in there after you. I remember what happened. It never ends well for people around you. You're on your own now, pal. Don't think for a second I'm going to come in there. You made your bed, now you lay in it. Oh, damn it! I can't just leave him alone in there. You had better be right about these bracelets, Mr. Strange. Wait! Detective! This is just wonderful. Now she's in the pillar smoke, too? The lieutenant is not going to like this. You find this so hard to believe. Why are you wearing that bracelet? This? Some crazy back at the office gave it to me. I'm not even sure why I'm still wearing it. All copper does to me is make my skin turn green. See this ink on my wrist? This is supposed to act as a cloaking spell against her. Has it? So far, I am still alive. That doesn't mean your tattoo protected you. Doesn't mean it didn't. You still wear the bracelet. It's really more for another friend than me. No one believes in witches anymore, Mr. McAlaire. Maybe they should. I'm sorry, but unless you have something else for me, I'm going to have to leave. I don't think that's going to be possible. Why not? Look out the window. What the hell is that? Pillars of blue smoke. My sister. My sister is coming to kill me. Don't bother. Your gun will be useless against her. I don't see her out there. My sister will show herself when she is ready. You sound different than you did a minute ago. Do I? Why are you sharpening that knife? If my gun's going to be useless against her, what good will a carving knife do? It's a ceremonial dagger. And I am not going to use it on her. What? No! Blood is a most powerful tool, detective. I'll need some of yours. Can't reach my gun! No! Don't! Why are you cutting me? Lucky for me, I don't need magic to take your blood. No! No! Get off me! Silence! Fresh blood works best, detective. Gina McAlair. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Love the smoke thing, by the way. Very J.J. Abrams of you. 
Show yourself. Oh my god. What the hell was that? Easy, toots. <laughs> you might want to start out on the bunny slopes next time. Come here, I gotcha. I haven't felt like this since my binge drinking days. I think I'm gonna be sick. Yeah, it's kind of like being squeezed through a giant sphincter. Oh god. It's okay, Amanda. Everyone's first time through the Pillars of Decima is a little different. You know of Goddess Decima? Where did she come from? Gina stood about 40 paces in front of me, wearing a long black duster that was blowing backwards in the wind. In her hand was a wand made of sticks and cloth. I do, Gina. Decima is an ancient Roman goddess, right? The one with the thread and the scissors. Very powerful. She requires human sacrifice in exchange for a life renewal. She adds to the thread for each sacrifice. The champion of the angels knows much about my kind. I know your kind is a plague. You and your order are proselytizing fundamentalists. I could destroy you where you stand. We both know, at the very best, you're only going to slow me down. And the order and I have parted ways. Yeah, what he said. I don't get why you killed Joe. You had the sacrifices and you'd started the ritual. If you are certain I killed my father, arrest me. Punish me for my crime. That's what I'm trying to do. But be sure you understand my crimes first. Is that an admission of guilt? I feel no guilt for what I have done, and certainly see no need to explain my actions to the slaughterer of innocence. Gina took a few steps closer to us. Suddenly she raised her wand. A bolt of blue lightning flashed from her to the ground in front of Amanda and I. I thought we were getting along so well, Gina. But if you want to play rough... She fired again, hitting me in the chest. I crashed into the boxcar behind me. Harry! I'm okay. I'm okay. Nice shot, witch, but you're gonna have to do better than that. That cannot be! See this copper bracelet? It absorbs most of your magic. Another pillar of smoke, Gina? Not very original. Though making this one black is a nice touch. No! No, no, that is not mine! Then who? Step away, champion. I am here to collect my sister. We found Michael McAlore. Or, I suppose, he found us. I've been waiting for you, Michael. I followed Detective Worley here. Tim? What did you do with Tim? Amanda drew her gun and pointed it at Michael. He waved his hand, but Amanda held fast to the gun. Harry Strange and his companion are wearing copper bracelets, Michael. Your magic is ineffective against them. That's right, pal. So why don't we all just... Harry Strange? The killer of Chovahani? Now you die! The stack of pipes that were destined to be loaded onto the boxcar raised up. A second later, they were hurling towards Amanda and me. Amanda, look out! I grabbed Amanda and the two of us rolled under the boxcar, just as the pipes and fittings crashed into the ground around us. Why did you do that, Strange? I had him in my sights. And as soon as your bullet left your gun, it would be out of your control. He could have sent it right back at you. How was that possible? Gina and her brother are Chovahani, the most powerful of all witches. You know that little girl from the ring? The little dead girl who crawls out of the television? That's the one. Chovahani would scare her ass back into the television. Hannibal Lecter would go vegan rather than face them. But she said you were the killer of her kind. Yes. Normally with some backup and better weapons than I have now. They're getting closer, Harry. I see that. I'm watching the same movie you are, toots. Oh, that doesn't look good. A black twisting vortex of smoke formed near our cover. It started moving towards us, picking up objects and throwing them randomly through the air. 
A forklift careened into the boxcar. Amanda and I started to crawl away from the vortex, following the track towards the station house. My God! The boxcar just got blown away! I grabbed Amanda's hand and stood. We started to run. No! I looked up. The boxcar was arching towards us. It was going to be close. Harry Strange, Episode 307, The Witch Slayer, Part 2, was written by Tony Serechia and directed by Jason Tyler. All material is copyrighted by Tony Serechia and used with his permission. Featured in tonight's cast were Emma Green, Callan Stennett, Tony Serechia, Laura Corliss, C.J. DeBeer, Brian Troxell, Andrea Lang, and Jackie Costello. To keep up with the latest news and information on everyone's favorite private investigator, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash harrystrangeradio. Send your questions, comments, and suggestions to producer at harrystrange.com. For comments that may be included on future shows, call the listener hotline at 678-379-8669. That's 678-379-TONY. Harry's opening and closing theme music was written and performed by Ryan Lassard and is copyrighted by Ryan Lassard and used with his permission. Contact Ryan at rlassardmusic at gmail.com. Incidental music was written and performed by Kevin McLeod and is copyrighted by Kevin McLeod and used with his permission. Visit incompetech.com for more of Kevin's music. Sound effects provided by license with soundsnap.com. For the Harry Strange Radio Drama, I am Joanne Pruden. Good night. So go out and buy some, you won't be displeased. We swear it won't cause some infectious disease. Happy holidays, friends. Phil Boyd Studge here for one of our longtime sponsors, Stoop Nagel's Coffee. Friends, Stoop Nagel's has been under fire in the media lately, accused of waging a so-called war on Christmas, all because they are packing their special Christmas blend coffee in an all-white bag. Pundits all over the U.S. are claiming that the brand you've gradually grown to enjoy over the course of 40 years has gone anti-Christmas. But nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, the reason Stoopnagels has packed their special Christmas blend in an all-white bag is to honor the season in the finest way possible by representing snow. Yes, friends, just think of that stark white bag of good old Stoopnagels as a 12-ounce snowflake of coffee reliability. And to help cement that idea in your little pea brains, we're offering, for a limited time, a very special CD recording of that holiday classic, White Christmas, recorded exclusively for Stoopnagels by none other than that world-renowned man in the monkey suit, Zip Doodah himself. Like the ones I used to know 
So remember, friends, every stark white bag of Stoopnagel's special Christmas blend coffee you buy is a message to those who say we're anti-Christmas. After all, if we were, don't you think we'd call our special Christmas blend something else? That's Stoopnagel's coffee, handpicked in the mountains of Brooklyn by Juan Valdez's little brother, Julio. Try some today. Don't let rich coffee goodness go to your head. Just go out and buy some Stoopnagel's instead. Four pennies per pot, it's that coffee delight. You'll still be up tomorrow if you drink some tonight. Stoopnagel's.